0: Hi everybody, my name is Landon Uranus, thanks for listening to episode 166 of the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Welcome to the Vortex Apologetic, where substance reigns over mindless entertainment. Because, biblical truth matters in a profound, timely, and urgent way in a lost and dying world.
1: And now, introducing your humble servants in Jesus Christ. Ricardo, a.k.a. B, Arenas
2: and Jeff, the Brain, Claiborne.
3: Father, thank you for this opportunity to come and do another podcast. We pray that you'd guide us and give us wisdom in what we say and what we present. I pray that it would be a blessing to the folks that listen to it. And I pray that you continue to bless this podcast and expand it according to your will, to those who would benefit from it, and it would be uh, a blessing to them. I pray We pray that it would glorify you in all that we do, and uh, that we would uh, walk in your truth and not in the truth of the world, which is not truth, but a falsehood, but uh, we pray that we'd walk in your truth in all things. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hey, oh Amen. Hey, brother. What's up, brain? Uh, What's know. cooking? Uh, well, we just had uh, chicken, fried chicken, and uh, vegetables, and uh, some cauliflower, cauliflower rice. Uh,
2: it's actually pretty good. Pretty cauliflower good. rice, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like to eat. look into that. I like cauliflower. Yeah, sounds, it's, it's a like, healthy cauliflower. Yeah, it sounds like it is. It's, it's now, a healthy now time, fried, uh-huh. fried chicken
3: is healthy fried.
2: Yeah. See, that's good stuff.
3: Not Kentucky Fried. Anyway, go
2: ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say the only thing I had. Well, I mean, I, li- I do like cauliflower, but we, our my sister came by one day and dropped up some stuff that she had gotten from one of the stores where she picks up like uh, stuff that she gets donated. And she goes, "Hey, would you like a, uh, a a cauliflower dough to make a pizza?" I was like, "Why not? Let's give it a shot." Uh, it was pretty interesting, I must say. <laughs> it's different <laughs> uh, it's very very different i uh-huh. do not <laughs> like the combination of cauliflower with pizza sauce <laughs> that's for sure yeah, yeah, yeah. well
3: you know you, just, you know you never know until you try you know you never know until you try it so but
2: uh, i tried it will i ever have it again uh that it will be a no <laughs>
3: Okay, all right,
2: all right. <laughs> but I want to try, uh, what was it again? You said it was cauliflower rice. rice. Okay. It, it's uh,
3: it's different than regular rice, but I like it. It's, it's good. It goes good with the vegetables and chicken. We get off this subject. We're making the- Always. Opposite. What
2: are we doing? People are like, what? I'm
3: going to shut this day off and go eat.
2: Yeah, I know, huh? well, Eat, just eat while about you're food listening and... to the podcast, well, please. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly.
3: So uh, we'll get started with our favorite Twitter antagonist, Uh-oh. Elon Musk, ladies and gentlemen. Why
2: do you have to say his name, bro? I mean, was that was that wrong? Yeah, hey, you? you talking like he's? You're talking like he's the new owner of uh, Twitter. Oh, Not wait. yet. Oh, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, he was. He, I think he was going
3: to be, but I, I, I'm kind of confused now. He might be pulling out of this whole thing. Something, something. Because they found out they'd been lying about how many bots they've been putting out. I guess half of Twitter is bots now. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So the other half is conservative.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, did you happen to see that video <laughs> slash picture of some of the employees when they found out that he had bots? You know, when it was first rumored, oh, my goodness, bro. I could imagine. It was like they just lost, like, a couple babies or something. (laughs) It was bad. (laughs) I mean, they were, I mean, they all needed a safe space to ask for danger. Wow. They were not happy. It's like somebody took, you know, their arm or something, and they're just crying. And it was like the end of the world, bro.
3: Their zombie arm fell off or something like that. Something. 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 <laughs> okay, it yeah. was comical yeah.
2: actually. Yeah. I uh Well,
3: you know how the concert <laughs> uh, some conservatives are really jumping on the Elon Musk bandwagon? Mhm. Oh yeah. Well, well, here I'm going to play something for you and uh we'll get uh, we'll get we'll Give our thoughts after after this little comment. So, this is Elon Musk. So this is a future worth getting excited about. And he's talking about you know the future's not. One thing he did say in this which I won't be playing, is he doesn't see the future as being dim, uh, you know dim or mm-hmm. or uh, you know apocalyptic. He sees it as being bright. You know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But
3: um, what he says after that is quite interesting. This is a, a TED interview, Tesla Texas Gigafactory interview. Okay, mm-hmm. so here we go. Bring it up here.
1: Have you seen evidence that the technology is actually working? That you've got you've got a richer sort of higher bandwidth connection, if you like, uh, between ele- external electronics and a brain than has been possible before.
0: Uh, yeah. So the I mean, the, the fundamental principles of, uh, of reading neurons, uh, sort of do, doing read, write on neurons w- with tiny electrodes, um, have been demonstrated for decades. Um, so it, it's not like, uh, this is, uh, the, the concept is new what the, 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 problem is there's no product, uh, that works well that you can go and, uh, and buy. So it's, it's all sort of in research labs, um, and it's, it's not, it's, uh, like there's, there's always like some cord sticking out of your your head, and it's it's quite gruesome, and it's it's really um, there's there's no good product uh, mm-hmm. that 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 actually does a good job and is high bandwidth and safe and something you'd actually that you could buy and would want to buy. So, um, but but in it, the, the the way to think of the uh, neural device is kind of like a a Fitbit or an Apple Watch um, that's uh, where we, we we take out a, a sort of a, a small section of skull about the size of a quarter, um, replace that with uh, what in many ways really is very much like um, uh, you know, a Fitbit Apple Watch or, or some kind of smartwatch thing, um, uh, and, um, and and but, but with with tiny tiny wires very very tiny wires t- wires so tiny it's hard to even see them. Mm. Um, and it's very important to have very tiny wires so that you uh, when they're implanted they don't they don't damage the brain.
1: How far are you from putting these into humans
0: i, I, I well we we have um put in our FDA application uh, to have the uh, aspirationally do do the first uh, human implant this year. The first uses
1: will be for neurological injuries of different kinds yes, but running the clock forward and imagining when when people are actually using these for their own enhancement let's say and for the enhancement of the world you, how clear are you in your mind as to what it will feel like to have one of these inside your head
0: well i, I do want to emphasize we're we're at, about, at at an early stage and so um it really will be many years before we have anything uh, approximating a high bandwidth uh, a neural interface uh, that allows for uh, AI human symbiosis. Um, and for, for many years, we will just be solving uh, brain injuries and spinal injuries for probably a decade. Um, the, and that this is not something that will suddenly, one day, it will we'll have this incredible uh, sort of uh, whole brain interface. Um, it, it's going to be like I said, at least a decade of of really just solving um, uh, brain injuries and and spinal injuries. Um, And and really, I think you can solve a very wide range of of brain injuries, including severe depression, uh, morbid obesity, uh, sleep, uh, potentially schizophrenia, like a lot of things that cause great stress to people. Uh, restoring uh, memory in all the people. If you can pull that off, that is that—that's the app I will sign up for. I, <laughs> I, I, I would. Please hurry. Actually, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, I, I mean, the the, the the emails that we get at Neuralink um, are heartbreaking. Um, I mean, that they, they'll send us just tragic you know you know where where someone was was sort of in the prime of life and 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 they had an accident on a a motorcycle and 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 someone who's 25 is is you know it can't even feed themselves and Mm. and this is something we could fix um but
1: but you have you have said that ai is one of the things you're most worried about and that Neuralink may be one of the ways where we can Keep abreast of it,
0: or I, yes, it's it's it, this this the, the, the short-term thing, which I think is helpful on an individual human level, um, with, with injuries, and then the long-term thing is an attempt to uh, address the civilizational risk of, of AI by uh, bringing bringing um, digital intelligence and biological intelligence uh, closer together. I mean, if you think of the how the brain works today, they're really Kind of two layers to the brain. There's the limbic system and the, the, the cortex. You've got the kind of animal brain, where it's kind of like the fun part, really. Um the so most of Twitter operates, by the way. um Yeah, I mean, we're. <laughs> I think I like Tim Urban said, this like we're, we're we're like we're like somebody, uh, you, you know, stuck a computer on a monkey. Right.
3: Um, you know. Someone stuck a computer in a monkey. Now watch.
0: So we're like if you gave a monkey a computer, that's our cortex, but we still have a lot of monkey instincts,
1: right?
0: So, uh, we should we then try to rationalize this. No, it's not a monkey instinct. It's something more important than that. But it's often just really a monkey instinct. We're in this. We're just monkeys with a computer stuck stuck in our brain. Um, so, um, even though the cortex is sort of the smart or the intelligent part of the brain, the thinking part of the brain, um, people are quite. I've not yet. I've not yet
3: There it goes. Met
0: Anyone who wants to delete their limbic system or their cortex. They're quite happy right. having both. Everyone.
3: Okay, we'll leave we'll leave it there. So it, it glitched for a second there. But did you catch that beef? Oh yeah. <clears throat> so um implanting this technology into the brain, size of size a quarter,
2: of, size of a quarter with cables you won't see. Or, right. I'm sorry. you won't see
3: that kicked on automatically without me doing anything. Stop it, YouTube. <laughs> you know
2: you know what's really going to happen if, you know, once, you know, because didn't he say is to this is the year they actually submitted a request to the, was it the FDA, to approve if they're able to have their first implant, right? Uh, right. I mean, bro, it's, we're now, living hey, in the, hey, we're <laughs> living in the last days, alright? I just want to let you know. Living in the last days. <laughs> Last days of what, brother? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's going to go wild. The whole, oh, oh, that's 666. Oh, my brain, goodness. You know, yeah, you know. implant in the brain, bro. I mean, I mean.
3: Oh, my goodness.
2: Oh, somewhere in it, second hesitations, you know. It says yeah, right there. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah, third deceptions, anyway. <laughs> but going back to what we were just listening, I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that that you're able to implant, connect to the brain, and obtain all sorts of data to potentially be able to, you know, uh, bring uh, uh, relief or, you know, uh, help with the medical, you know, the the that's, issues. That's and
3: the good side of it. That that's is the a great
2: side of it. Wow. Yeah,
3: that's the I good mean, side of it. Yeah. Uh, so that, that part is positive. The negative part is planting something into the brain and, being in control of that device it's in the, in the brain someone right. outside of
2: you being in control of it that's the big problem that i have that's the problem
3: <laughs> you know because you can't trust people
2: people right.
3: are fallen creatures and and they are they pro they are prone to doing evil things, folks, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so that's the problem. Above all things, um, the heart yeah. is
2: deceitful, yeah. desperately but,
3: weak. <laughs> but the medical side of it, yeah, I mean that's that sounds really good, doesn't it? I mean, if you can, remember, yeah, right. you know, I mean, t- the biggest homeless, well, a big portion of the homeless population in America are the mentally ill.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. And if that's
3: a way of curing mental illness, and that's something that might be. Con- considered you know
2: oh absolutely
3: but um you know but but to plant it in a a perfectly uh healthy human being i think that that's where the problem comes
2: in right no absolutely and and because i mean anything really bad can happen really you know Uh, um especially on a healthy person why would that healthy person need it right right Uh, i mean it'll be great yeah for those that that uh you know need mental relief need you know you know, some sort of answers to their issues. I mean, right. uh, from a biblical standpoint, you know, we understand sinfulness. We understand that, that we were born in de- dead and trespasses uh, and in sinful ways. Therefore, uh, the heart does its evil, selfish desires, right? Right. Uh, but to be able, I mean, it's almost like, I guess, when medication came about, right? To start re- relieving the mental illnesses or at least be able to control it to some degree. Right. I, 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 but I mean, if technology like this is able to control it, you know, have some relief like that, bro. Wow. Right. Instead of getting drugged up, hey, there's uh, technology. Oh, yeah. I, I think know?
3: that is a, a much better um, option than, than, the, than the drugs. Absolutely. Although they're getting really good with the drugs. I mean, uh, there, there is a drug out there for bipolar that is absolutely phenomenal it mm, is mm. it is it is the gold standard the yeah. only problem with it is you have to get a blood test every
2: month for it mm.
3: because they have to monitor your blood because there are other effects of the drug
2: yeah i was gonna say side you know, effects right yeah.
3: right i mean it, it it does a phenomenal job on on stabilizing bipolar you know especially if you have bipolar with schizophrenic um hallucinations and things like that but um but the problem is with any drug is the side effects. Absolutely, you know, and and if you can avoid those side effects and still heal the heal the disease, I mean, okay. But yeah. the, the part that I, that I thought was interesting is where he said we are basically monkeys with a a computer, right? Right. So that's right. an evolu- evolutionary standpoint, right? That's an evolutionary belief. Yeah. He is yeah. not. He, I know that. Um, who was it the um oh, there was a Christian organization that interviewed him recently and and they thought that they'd won him to Christ. <laughs> which, uh, which is the Christ. The
2: Babylon B.
3: Babylon B, yeah. And and yeah, that yeah. interview was done Basically a month
2: ago, a lot yeah. of people actually slammed the Babylon Bee because they did a very, very poor presentation of the gospel. They had oh, a great opportunity, and they yep. did horrible.
3: Horrible they are, presentation. They're
2: funny. They're they're my favorite satire website. But when it comes to that opportunity right there on that spot, they sucked. <laughs> well, they,
3: <laughs> you could tell they had uh, they were nervous, very nervous.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you and, and know. I, I mean. And, he, I mean, to be honest, if you're in front of Elon Musk, I mean, I, I would be a little intimidated. You know, that sure, guy is,
3: I mean, But the Paul Paul went before Caesar's. They
2: could cut his head off, and he was still bold. Exactly. I you was going to say, there's that other... Right. Page that we must turn and go, wait a minute. This is about the gospel. I it's know what about... the gospel is. You don't know nothing right. about the gospel. So let me teach you about the gospel. Right. And that's the way we need to approach. All they
3: religion. had to do is say we want to uh, inform you as to what Christians actually believe, and this is what we believe, and just go through the gospel. Absolutely. You know, and then just ask him, what what do you think about that? I mean, is that something that you um have ever considered that that this this could be true? Mm-hmm. You right, know? and uh, you know, have you ever uh, have you ever seen yourself as a sinner? You know, that's how you would could approach. They didn't even do that. Nothing.
2: Yeah, no, it was a poor job. They got pretty yeah. slammed pretty hard. Right. Uh I know, but I mean, they lost a great opportunity. It was a perfect opportunity to be able to do that, and they did not. They did.
3: Now, what I find it interesting, and I mentioned this on my uh, BitTube channel, is that he he's a uh, an avid free speech. God. At least he claims to be a free speecher. You know, he, he's, mm-hmm. like, at, he's like militant about protecting free speech. And my question is, um, if he doesn't believe in uh, creation, you know, that we're created in the image of God or special creation, he believes in an evolutionary um, development of mankind, uh, maybe atheistic, maybe uh, pantheistic creation. I don't know where he is on that. Some say atheistic. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you come to the logical conclusion of supporting free speech out of that? Because if that's true, then man has no value, no purpose, no reason for existence. We just we're just kind of here. We just we're just we just kind of exist. We're monkeys with computers in our head. And uh, so, how do you come to free speech out of that? Why why would that be a value or a moral that you would vehemently defend? It, it seems to be inconsistent with the idea that we are monkeys with a with a computer.
2: That's a great point. Because, uh, I yeah, I would want to know that. My my you know, my question would be, okay, so if you think everything came out from nothing, mm-hmm. then why are you so smart? Right? If you think it just appeared in your brain, didn't you have to learn to walk, to talk, to maintain information in your brain,
3: which gave
2: you ideas to, uh, you know, be the techie, you know, person that you are now? Right.
3: right. How does that work? Speech is a big problem for evolutionists because language should have never developed out of evolution. No.
2: Absolutely not, bro.
3: It it wouldn't be possible. Yeah right. and, and and you get into the problem okay would let's go past the primordial pool let's get to where did the pri- how did the primordial pool get there in the first place what do you how do you how do you get a universe mm. right that's huge yeah so yeah. you you've got a few choices you've got uh, that number one it's it's doesn't really exist it's just all a figment of a cosmic imagination like the Buddhists tend to believe mm mm-hmm. mhm Or, number two, it created itself. Uh, It's a self-creation. And for the universe to create itself, it must first exist. But for it to first exist, it must first create itself. So you have a circular problem, don't you? How does it create itself if it doesn't exist first? And how does it exist first if it doesn't create itself? So you've got a problem there. So they say, well, it's an oscillating universe. It implodes and explodes, it implodes and ex- explodes. That's a theory because they gave up this what's called the steady state theory, which was the eternal universe. They saw, the cosmologists said, oh, no, that's not possible. We can't, that's not working. We're going with the Big Bang Theory. Now, now they've developed the Big Bang Theory into multi- multiverses, right, where, you know, we were an expanding universe. Eventually our universe is going to implode into a microcosm of energy and in another Big Bang occurs and it expands back out again and this happens over trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions, and trillions of years according to their theory and uh, so that's where this one came from, from the previous universe so what you end up with is a regress of of universes creating themselves and you've it, it, you, an internal regress of that sort is not possible
0: mm-hmm. you've
3: got to come to an ultimate First beginning. Uh, I mean, there had to be an ultimate first beginning, even if it's a multiverse. Theory, you cannot get beyond this problem with a multiverse theory, and so anything. And so, you know, the cosmological argument basically says anything that begins to exist has must have a cause outside of itself. Mm. And so, what was the cause outside of itself for well, that cause to develop a, a, a universe that we're seeing and to develop intelligence, to develop biological life, to develop all of this stuff we see in our universe? It has to be an intelligent cause. Mm-hmm. And it has to be a cause that is omnipresent and omnipotent and omniscient, all powerful, all present everywhere. And, um, All, all all-knowing. Thus, God, as is as as he is uh, described in the scriptures. So, this is the big problem that Elon has with that particular statement.
2: Hmm. That is good stuff, brother. We uh, we love Elon Musk. You know, he's uh, he's a very, very smart. I mean, <laughs> he, very hasn't smart. Gotten, he hasn't gotten where he got just because he was dumb. No, he is no. very, very, very smart. God uh, his views, them, they... absolutely. And his views yeah. the last few years have changed to more of a conservative uh, uh, point of view. Yes. Uh, most um, definitely. Very... He, was extre- he was extremely liberal, bro. He was. A, he seems leader's. to be
3: very gentle, a very gentle... Yeah,
2: I think what change know? has changed his worldview is becoming a parent. Yeah. Then you, know, you never uh, know, God may be working on him. Hey, exactly. exactly. You never exactly. know. I mean, hopefully a uh, seed has been planted, and uh, whoever has an opportunity to share with him... The biblical worldview and, and and challenge his thought, you know they present the gospel accurately and you know and they can continue with a friendship and build from yep. that and you never know, bro, you just never know. Yeah,
3: let's move on to the next subject, uh, and then we'll get to yours real quick. Yeah, Global, absolutely. This is um this is out of uh, what is this? This is um, shiftplan.com. And the and the, uh, the subtitle says when it hits the fan. Don't say, we didn't warn you. <laughs> that's, that's, this is their website. So yeah. anyway, it says the global reset underway. 90% of central banks push for a digital currency that governments can control. So what they're uh, so like, over 100 governments around the United States, working with the International Monetary Fund, that's Klaus Schwab's organization, uh, are working to reset their currency to a um, digital currency. You know, uh, like a crypto, crypto type currency. Mm-hmm. And uh, this way they can control the currency. Ah. In other words, that you get a paycheck, but they they control how you spend your paycheck. They restrict what you can spend it on, how you can spend it and so forth. Uh, and that's what this reset that the Kyle uh, Schwab and the boys are looking for. And so... Uh, but now there's a counter movement uh, on uh, on the other side of that, though, okay. where, uh, for example, Russia is at the head of the counter movement. Uh, Russia is saying, nope, if you want to buy gas from us it's gonna, or natural gas, whatever it is, it's going to be in rubles. Ugh. And so they are throwing a monkey wrench into this reset that they're trying to do, Russia is, and uh, they're doing a great job, you know. Yeah. Um, they're not communists anymore, folks. Stop listening to the lying media that's telling you that. Um, and, the, and, and the rah-rah Ukraine stuff. I get so tired of that. Um, I don't support Nazis. I'm sorry. I don't support Nazis. And Nazis are running Ukraine. And they've been harassing the people in eastern Ukraine horribly. They've been shelling their apartments. They've been sniping them in the streets. They've been doing horrible things. The, the Ukrainian army is mostly Nazi modern day the, ukraine before russia went in and started helping the people in the eastern ukraine uh was a modern day nazi germany of the 1940s and what's his name the guy the head of uh ukraine you you Ywensky, whatever ski whatever it is um Zelensky, Zelensky, yeah it's always a ski Zelensky. Yeah. um uh, he's a modern day hitler and he has deceived so many people with his smiles and his pleas and his, oh, I'm the good guy. No, he's not. Sorry, folks. He's not. We'll move on to what you had to talk about, brother. And, and stump, then you, bro. com- you can comment on that if you want.
2: Oh, no, no. That's, well, the only thing I was going to say, if things were going to go down like that, like they said in the hood, we're about to have a problem. Yeah, You want to run my money, tell me how to spend it? We's about to have a problem, bro. You and I both know about them Southern California hoods. Oh, absolutely. Barrio and, yeah. Yeah, I'd be the Barrio for you, brother. I'd be the Orale Homes, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Good stuff, bro. Barrio Barrio Logan. Barrio Logan, yeah. Five-nine Brim. (laughs) Old Town National City. That was my thing. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. Yeah, I just wanted to... Uh, There was a recent survey that came out where uh, there was a, um, well, I don't know why I was thinking this. But anyways, let me just get into it. It's a survey. So where 40% of pastors say members' political views are problematic, challenging. So... With that said, it says the political views of church members are a concern for more than one-third of America's Protestant pastors, who also say members too often have strong opinions about non-essentials, according to New Lifeway Research Survey. The poll of 1,000, pro, uh, pro, sorry, the poll of 1,000 Protestant pastors released this month found that 44% of ministers say they'd find people's political views challenging to navigate nearly half of pastors 48% said people's strong opinions about non-essentials are also a challenge my question would be at that point uh don't 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 go with their political views stay with the biblical view right brother (laughs) yeah I, i would agree with
3: that um Do you have more to read there, brother?
2: Uh, Yes. Let me go a little bit more so you get a bigger picture here. Both answers rank higher than people's unrealistic expectations of the pastors. 35%, a concern that pastors have had for decades. The poll found that pastors ages 18 through 44, I don't know why an 18-year-old would be a pastor, but anyways, 47% were the most likely to say political views are concerned. Geographically, pastors in the Midwest (48%) and West (50%) were more likely to list political views as a concern than pastors in the South (at 40%). Lutherans (54%), Methodists (48%), Presbyterian/Reformed (51%)—that's high—and Christians/Church of Christ (51%) were more likely to select people's political views. Then Baptists, 35 percent, and Pentecostals, 34 percent, pastors of churches with an attendance of 250 people or more, 49 percent, were more likely to select politics than those with an attendance of 0 to 49, which are 38 percent only. When pastors were were asked, Can I yeah,
3: Can I for yeah. A um, I'm trying to understand by what they mean by select politics. Are they saying they would pay attention to what the politics? Is? Uh, is of their congregation, or what?
2: What do they mean by that, brother? Well, they they more like uh, the political views of the church members are okay. uh, are pro- problematic. So they're having an issue. Well, fifty-one I guess,
3: percent of like the the reform. Presbyterians. Yeah, the reform
2: Presbyterians the pastors say that sustain. that's a problem, or they have an issue, or it's challenging for them to deal with the political views of their church. Okay, um, mm-hmm. so right. they're taking politics. In consideration in their sermons, like they're okay. having a hard time, you know, dealing with those because I don't know maybe they ask a bunch of crazy questions and um, yeah that, yeah that's a lot of details we don't know a right. lot of details we don't know and that's the only thing I I, I kind of like well does not really you know uh, there are a lot of detail in the in the um, but the main concern was they're having a hard time or they have. Uh, 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 a problem uh, it's very challenging to deal with church members political views now, that's interesting okay Go with that said brother you know about this when regards to what political i mean we all have different political views in the church body right our church considering yeah, we, you know and your uh-huh. new church i'm sure there's now when pastors come up with a, a poll like this in the answer to they're having a hard time with members political views what is the uh, most wise way to deal with these things obviously for my personal opinion off the bat would be get biblical why even worry about the, the, the members political views Challenge him with scripture but I want to hear your thoughts
3: yeah I, I agree with uh the scripture will straighten out
2: political views
3: i, I believe i agree with that uh, if you if you teach scripture and what christ has said well you know all the way from genesis revelation uh it'll help straighten out a lot of political views as far as understanding econ- you can understand economics from the bible from proverbs and the other passages that talk a lot about economics and how we should live our life economically, and how we should live our life concerning relationships, and what's the relationship between government and people, and government and God. It's all in the scriptures, it's all in Genesis through Revelation. And if we search the scriptures carefully, we can find the answers to those questions. There's a lot of variables, though, that uh, really are, is not being answered in, in the survey. And I don't know that they would be able to answer it in a survey. Right. And that is, you know, what's the political view of the pastor versus the congregation? You know, is the pastor liberal and the congregation conservative? Is the pastor conservative and the congregation liberal? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of variation that I don't know there. and And, you know, what... <laughs> Some pastors are a lot more political than others, right? And right. Uh, some some focus on the scriptures more. Some focus on a little bit of scripture and a lot of politics, you know. So it's just it's just hard to say from church to church what that survey actually means when it comes to those variables. But I, I agree with you. I, I think, uh, you know, if you have a, a, a good understanding of what God says about government in scripture and how it's supposed to relate to God and the people that it serves, then I think uh, your political understanding of how our government should be functioning will be straightened out and you'll, you'll have a biblical view and then you'll vote according to that biblical view. At least we hope you would. I know that people get hung up on separation of church and state. Well, I can't vote my conscience because, you know, separation of church and state. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. Separation of church and state was a phrase used uh, by, I think it was Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptist in a letter that he wrote to them. And he was talking about... Is the state not overruling the church? Or the st- there's a <clears throat> there's a step or separation in that the church has one aspect of of um, providing for a healthy society, and the government has another aspect of providing for the healthy society. That's what that phrase actually means. The church is to provide the spiritual. <clears throat> And practical living and wisdom aspect of society. And government is there to protect society, to provide uh, an army and a navy, <clears throat> to protect people from foreign invasion, and to provide you know some form of law enforcement to provide for the protection of people from crime and things of that nature. That's government's function. That's not the church's function. And so there's a separation between the function of government and the function of the church. And that's what separation of church and state actually is. Now, that doesn't mean that a Christian can't run for office, or that doesn't mean that the church can't have an influence on elected representatives. That doesn't mean that if you're a Christian in office, that you can't um, govern according to your Christian morals and ethics and beliefs. No, that, it doesn't mean that at all. But as a matter of fact, the people who wrote the Constitution and the man <clears throat> who wrote that phrase to the Danbury uh, Baptist would wholeheartedly disagree with that concept that you just toss away your morals and your ethics when you get into government. That's mm-hmm. the worst thing you can do because that, then you end up with a secular government. You end up with what we have now, a yeah, secular, yeah. very corrupt government. And that's what they're trying to avoid. So, yeah. So, when it comes to political views, I'd say just be biblical and, and, and stick with your guns. Don't don't let people intimidate you from, you know, staying biblical in all aspects of your
2: life, including your political
3: life. Hmm. You know?
2: Good stuff. I, I, no, I wholeheartedly agree with you, brother. And um, there, there's one thing we always mention and push in our, in our podcast. And that's, you know, uh, sound doctrine and doctrine and theology. Yes. There's a lack of sound doctrine and theology in churches. Therefore you get polls like this where pastors are struggling, you know, to address these issues or address, you know, a church that has a gazillion opinions about things in scripture or political views. Uh, so when there's that lack of doctrine and theology, that's when you're really gonna get the issues with uh, you know uh, the church's opinion in regards to different political views because it has not been addressed correctly. Uh, yeah. When you go to a san doctrine theology church, man, it's like you you get scripture, you base things on scripture, you apply it in context in proper context, and there's certain things that it's you know it's it's gonna go with uh, what's in the. Uh, um, um, you know what it's captive in, in, in your in your mind in regards to scripture you know some people let's say like uh, let, let's talk about like a couple things like drinking non-drinking some people choose not to drink whatsoever some people well, choose to me have a drink in, here and there right
3: me, yeah that's true let me throw one in i think is really
2: what the crux of this
3: survey is possibly mm-hmm. is critical rights theory that's the, a great the, point. The critical race theory has entered the church, and it's caused a lot of political divisions.
2: Absolutely. And
3: maybe that's what they're struggling with.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, it's, it's not
3: clear in the survey, but that's a possibility.
2: Yeah. So I thought it was very interesting, brother, that uh, that poll came up like that. But uh, yeah, that is it, my brother. That's all I had. And I think we're uh, running out of time, so...
3: We are you know. I got to beat I got to beat the clock that's ticking down on my computer here. Ooh. So, folks.
2: <laughs> but not literally beat it
3: up. I mean, I mean, anyway.
2: <laughs> so, is that that political abuse you're talking about? I'm going to I'm going to politically <laughs> abuse this clock So, anyway.
3: <laughs> thank, folks thanks for listening once again and we appreciate all of you and remember keep your mind sharp and
2: sharp pure. and we'll see you on the next podcast most definitely we'll catch you on that flip side
1: you have been listening to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast
2: hey there ladies and gentlemen we want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast It's a blessing to have you. We hope that you continue to enjoy the future episodes and to tune in and share away with others that might be interested. Uh, We wanted to thank our families for supporting us, especially our wives that uh, they uh, put up with us. They allow us to have time to study and spend time uh, in the Word of God. And uh, in return, they help us as well and they keep us accountable. It's a blessing to have them in our lives. So we want to especially thank them. I uh, also we want to just thank uh, our church, uh, friends, and uh, the men's study that we have that we continue to occur, be encouraged about. I uh, want to thank all these people because they support us and pray for us. And uh, it's a blessing to them in our life. Other than that, I hope you continue to enjoy the Vortex Apologetic Podcast that we will talk to you soon. More episodes to come your way. Other than that, I'm out. We're out. God bless you.